0: John Lewis, a longtime Georgia congressman and black civil rights leader, died on Friday after a six month long battle with cancer. Lewis, the son of sharecroppers, was born in 1940 during an era of Jim Crow laws. He grew up to be a freedom writer, a speaker at the 1963 March on Washington, and a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1986 and served 17 terms in Congress. On September 21, 2015, Lewis gave a lecture at the Indiana University Auditorium titled The Power of Words. He talked about how much society has progressed since the civil rights movement, but he also talked about the work that's left to be done. Community Access Television Services taped John Lewis's appearance at the IU Auditorium. In today's feature report, We revisit that discussion. Lewis grew up in a time of segregation, a system where he was told not to get in the way. He remembered hearing about the story of Rosa Parks and hearing the words and leadership of Martin Luther King Jr. He said it inspired him to get into trouble, good and necessary trouble.
1: When we visited visit the little town of Troy, visit Montgomery, visit Tuskegee, visit Birmingham, I saw those signs that said white men, colored men, white women, colored women, white waiting, colored waiting. When we went downtown on a Saturday afternoon to the theater, all of us little white children had to go upstairs to the balcony. All the little white children went downstairs to the first floor. Well, I asked my mother, my father, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, why? And they would say, that's the way it is. Don't get in the way. Don't get in trouble. But in 1955, 15 years old, in the 10th grade, I heard of Rosa Parks. heard the words of Martin Luther King Jr. on our radio the action of Rosa Parks, the words and leadership of Dr. King inspired me to find a way to get in the way. And I got in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble.
0: Lewis recalled his experience meeting Martin Luther King Jr. several times as a young man.
1: When I finished high school in May of 1957, 17 years old, I wanted to attend a little college 10 miles from my home, Troy State College, now known as Troy University. Submitted my application, my high school transcript. I never heard a word from the school. So I wrote a letter to Martin Luther King, Jr. I didn't tell my mother. I didn't tell my father, any of my sisters or brothers. Didn't tell any of my teachers. Told Dr. King I needed his help. Martin Luther King, Jr. wrote me back and sent me a round-trip Greyhound bus ticket and invited me to come to Montgomery to meet with him. In the meantime, I have been accepted at a little school in Nashville, American Baptist College. An uncle of mine gave me a $100 bill, more money than I ever had. Gave me one of these foot lockers. I know the young people don't know what I'm talking about, but this big trunk that you can open, bring it back together, <laughs> had a little some drawers you can put things in, and then had behind some curtain, you could hang some clothing. I put everything that I own, except those chickens in that (laughs) footlocker, and took a Greyhound bus to Nashville, Tennessee. After being there a few days, I told one of my teachers that I had been in contact with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This teacher informed Dr. King that I was in Nashville in school. Martin Luther King Jr. got back in church and suggested when I was home for spring break to come and see him. So in March of 1958, by this time I'm 18 years old, I boarded a Greyhound bus, traveled from Troy to Montgomery. Young lawyer by the name of Fred Gray. We've been a lawyer for Rosa Parks and for Dr. King and others during the Montgomery bus boycott and became our lawyer during the Freedom Rides in 1961, and became our lawyer again in 1965 during the march from Selma to Montgomery, met me at the Greyhound bus station and drove me to the First Baptist Church in downtown Montgomery, passed by the Reverend Rath Abernathy, and ushered me in to the pastor's study of that church. I saw Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Reverend Rath Abernathy Standing behind the desk, I was so scared of you know, what to say or what to do. And Dr. King said, well, you the boy from Troy. Well, you John Lewis. And I said, Dr. King, I am John Robert Lewis. And he continued to call me the boy from Troy. <laughs> <clears throat> so tonight, this boy from Troy come to say through it all, We have witnessed what I like to call a nonviolent revolution, a revolution of values, a revolution of
0: ideas. Two scholars sat in seats behind Lewis at the IU Auditorium. He said these two young men helped him publish three books at the time. Their names were Andrew Aiden and Nate Powell. The book series was a trilogy of graphic novels titled March about the civil rights movement told from the perspective of John Lewis. Lewis said he hoped these graphic novels would inspire a new generation.
1: Back in the late 50s and early 60s, we hadn't heard of the internet. (laughs) Social media, what is that? We didn't have a website. But we used the philosophy and the discipline of nonviolence to change America. With many young people, that was young people from this state and from all across our country, blacks and whites, Latino and Asian american that literally put their bodies on the line during the sit ins, during the freedom rides, during the marches, be sitting there in an orderly, peaceful, nonviolent fashion, waiting to be served, and someone would come up and spit on us. We put a lighted cigarette in our hair or down our backs. Pour hot water, hot coffee on us. We didn't strike back. Many of us grew to accept the way of peace, the way of love, the way of nonviolence, as a way of life, as a way of living. We wanted to redeem the soul of America. We thought if we can just get it right, maybe it would serve as a model for the rest of the world. March. Book one and book two are saying to all of us that we can do it. We can change things. We can create a new America, a better America. We're saying in effect in that we're one people, we're one family, we live in the same house, the American house, the world house that we must look out for each other, care for each other, and we can do it.
0: Lewis then spoke about the Freedom Riders in the 1960s. Freedom Riders were groups of young civil rights activists who took bus trips through the American South to protest segregated bus terminals.
1: I want to speak just one moment about the Freedom Rides. Those of you that wasn't not even born in 1961, the same year that President Obama was born. Just think in 1961, I was 21 years old, had all of my hair a few pounds lighter, my first trip to Washington, D.C. In 1961, black people and white people could be seated together on a Greyhound bus, or a trailway bus, leaving the nation's capital to travel through Virginia, through North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi on our way to New Orleans. We were testing a decision of the United States Supreme Court. Along the way, we were beaten in jail and arrested. And I remember on May 9, 1961, a group of us left Washington, arrived in a little town called Rock South Carolina about 35 miles from Charlotte, North Carolina. My sleepmate, a young white gentleman, the two of us tried to enter a so-called white waiting room. We were jumped and attacked by members of the Klan and left lying in a pool of blood. Many years later, one of the guys who beat us came to my office in Washington in February 09 in his 70s, his son in his 40s, who came with him. He said, Mr. Lewis, I'm one of the people that beat you. And your friend, I want to apologize. Will you forgive me? His son started crying. He started crying. I said, I accept your apology. I forgive you. They hugged me. I hugged them back and I started crying. The signs that I saw growing up and the signs that I saw in the 60s, they're gone and they will not return. The only place that we will see those signs, the only place that our children will see those signs today, will be in a book, in a museum, on a video. And for people who said nothing has changed in America, I feel like saying, Come and walk in my shoes and I'll show you change.
0: He reflected on voter suppression in the 1940s, where people were forced to pass a literacy test to register to vote. He said times have changed and that we are a better society today. However, he said there is still work to be done.
1: Just think a few short years ago, during the 40s and the 50s, during the 60s, in a place like Selma, and other towns and communities between Selma and Montgomery. People had to pass a so-called literacy test to register to vote. People stood in unmovable lines. On one occasion, a man was asked to count the number of bubbles in a bar of soap. On another occasion, a man was asked to count the number of jelly beans in a jar. There were African-American lawyers, doctors, college professors, high school principals, Housewives, farmers were told they could not pass their so-called literacy tests. In a place like Selma, the only time you could attempt to register was the first and third Mondays of each month. There was one county between Selma and Montgomery, Lowndes County, more than 80% African-American. There was not a single registered African-American voter in the county. The state of Mississippi had a black voting age population of more than 450,000. And only about 16,000 were registered to vote when the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was signed into law. But because of what happened on that bridge in Selma, the Congress responded, the President of the United States responded, passed that act, signed into law on August 6th. We live in a different America, a better America, but we're not there yet. It is our hope that March, Book One, Book Two, and Book Three, and maybe a Book Four, would inspire all of us to realize that we must move together, or not at all. It was the late A. Philip Randolph, who was said over and over again, he was dean of Black Leadership during the 60s. He championed the March on Washington in 1963. He was said from time to time. Maybe our foremothers and our forefathers all came to this great land in different ships. We're all in the same boat now. That's still true today. We must look out for each other and care for each other and continue to march forward to redeem the soul of America and create the beloved community. Thank you for being here. Thank you. For WFHB,
0: I'm Cade Young.